0: Welcome to Dawn of a New Era, a business and marketing podcast with a difference, ranking in the top 5% globally for people who want to start, scale, and grow their own business. Dawn McGrewer shares tips to improve marketing, motivation, and mindset, as well as her own real-life challenges and experiences as an entrepreneur. Guests include some of the world's most inspiring leaders too. So if you are an aspiring, established, or serial entrepreneur, This is your go-to podcast to fast-track results and rise to meet today's challenges and master the art of online influence and business success and avoid common pitfalls along the way. Never miss an episode and subscribe and listen at DawnMagrua.com.
1: So happy Monday, everyone! And um, on this week's dawn of a new era podcast, we have a very special guest who is joining us, Renee Warren. So she's a fellow podcaster; she has uh, her own podcast and um, also a speaker, author. And you are the founder of um, it's we we Wild Women, and then your podcast is Into the Wild. Yes. So. We're going to be talking about all things entrepreneurial and it's great to have you with us because um, I've just been sort of reading through your bio and just trying to um, see what your background was and it's very similar actually to mine uh, because I started my uh, agency back when I was 21 and you were kind of very much content marketing, we were anything to do with digital. And then that's where my sort of academy grew from. And then that's where my personal brand came from, where I started the coaching and mentoring. So we followed uh, quite a similar path, I think, in the way that our businesses have unfolded. So can I pass across to you just for a little intro about yourself, Renee?
2: Yeah, so I'm Renee Warren, Um, currently located on the west coast of Canada. So I feel like almost a full business day behind you. <laughs> um, but I started into entrepreneurship when I was 17 years old. I started a restaurant with my sister, and we it was a seasonal restaurant, so we ran that for four years, which was enough for us to pay for college and not have debts. And then I've always had some sort of agency or consulting business. and then one year um, I was eight months pregnant with my first son, Max. I co-founded a PR agency because I was doing a lot of content marketing and social for tech startups in the Valley. And my friend was doing PR for tech startups. And we started doing projects together. And so again, eight months pregnant with Max, I was sitting across um, lunch table with her. And I essentially proposed to her to start a PR agency together. And she's like, you're crazy. You're pregnant. And I was like, yeah, it's just a baby. They sleep all day. No problem. (laughs) Um, And so we started this company and it grew very quickly. And so my son, Max, was about four months old when I found out I was pregnant with my second son, Noah. And so in the first year of starting a business, I had two babies. So they're Irish twins. Yeah, and so we talk about systems, we got a down pat, because my husband's in the tech space, so he mm-hmm. was starting a startup, and he was raising around, and so all of these crazy things transpired to, for us to create a more integrated life, um, and now I'm out of the marketing agency rat race, and I coach female um, entrepreneurs um, with a keen interest on PR, obviously, because I love talking about it, and I love helping create systems around it. Um but um yeah, that is that is it in a nutshell, Wow,
1: <laughs> see, do you know what's is fascinating is uh, so many entrepreneurs that I talk to, most of their big ideas have come from the points of their life that has been the most crazy, busy, the most you know inappropriate time to actually start it because I think sometimes when you're maybe thinking about doing something it could be just the distraction that you're not really feeling all those big emotions when you're doing it because your emotions are elsewhere do you, do you feel that you, you know yours came at the, a time because of that or I'm why so on earth no. did you do it at that
2: time i always laugh about this because for me it's like i don't actually remember the first <laughs> 2 years of my kid's life because when your body is living, like surviving, right? We were in survival mode. Um, But like just the trauma of lack of sleep and like all the little things that happen when you have newborns, I can't remember, Mm -hmm. but I will say this. Obviously those situations in our life, those raw, rough moments, raw years definitely contribute to the people that we've become today um and it's a tough lesson learned but just like starting a business you can't really grow unless you've failed at something because it's that it's that failure that makes you stronger because i can't imagine any sort of entrepreneur that's grown their business over three to five years making millions of dollars and never failing because like the the worst case scenario is like something bad's going to happen if you've never experienced the minor little you know paper cuts along the way then when the big thing happens you won't be prepared um And so with this, my husband and I created like we're really huge proponents on the integrated life. And what COVID has taught us, too, is the ability to be able to learn um, to work from home. We've always worked from home. And so we took it upon ourselves to kind of teach other people to this whole remote work thing. But now it's kind of like kind of normal. It's kind of normalized now. All day to day, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, we've we've learned a lot in having those two babies and growing businesses. And like we had clients from South Africa to San Diego all mm. over the world, different time zones. We had employees across eight different time zones. Um, so we managed a lot. <laughs> wow. You know, when you talk about integrated life, I talk a lot about um
1: my my big thing during COVID was really kind of leading an an like an enriched life, something that you know we because we were kind of so busy and we were you know like I was traveling and I was just doing 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 you you often forget this work-life balance because you're in it and it's not until you stop that you realize that actually you know there's more things happening when you talk about integrated, is this what you mean kind of like um, having a, a balance of things and you know work family all those bits and pieces
2: well it's like it's not so much about the balance because Mm -hmm. there obviously are some weeks some months that are better than others Mm -hmm. but it's really about um like scheduling your priorities and not prioritizing your schedule and so Mm -hmm. that means like in the in the you know 24 hours we have in a day what's the most important thing for me is time with my kids exercise nutrition and, like, once I have those scheduled and dialed in, then everything else can just fall in, right? Because they, it's sand. It just fills in the cracks. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, now it's – before it was, like, 9 to 5, Monday to Friday at least, right? Maybe it's, like, 8 to 6. Maybe it's Monday to Saturday, people working so much. But the reality with what a lot of us can do working online in the digital world is we don't have to work those hours. We can work yeah. – when we're productive, we can work after we take the kids to the dentist appointment. Um, we can schedule in our our workout any time in the day. If it's between meetings, it doesn't have to be after work. And mm-hmm. so the integration means that your life isn't about working so much as it is about putting in those things that are significant to you, the priorities, the, you know, talking to your parents on the phone, um, bringing your kids to soccer lessons at 3 PM, if that's what it means. And like, clocking out early.
1: <laughs> see, I think there's this huge pressure. You know, people see this like 5 a.m. start work. And uh, and then I think there's a guilt with entrepreneurs as well, where sometimes we forget that freedom and flexibility were why we started this in the first place. Mm-hmm. And we feel like we should be working, working, working. And I, I saw a lot of entrepreneurs during COVID and the pandemic that because they were working at home and there was less time traveling, there was more time. They were really just kind of in it Like all the time and and it's important isn't it to step away what do you do for your downtime like what's your creative space
2: so oh downtime I I love reading um Mm. I love doing CrossFit and spending time with the kids so going to the beach um just being with them we used to do a lot of traveling and then with COVID that kind of stopped but I also play the drums (laughs) so I'm a drummer yeah So those are that. That's like my meditation. I find CrossFit and drumming is my form of meditation. Um, being like visiting friends, like being as social as we can given the restrictions. But um, yeah, I feel like that's enough to film it is.
1: Well, we've been talking a lot in in previous podcasts about what we're feeling fatigue from as entrepreneurs and I love the way that you talk about automation because that's so on the same page as me everything for me is about kind of taking the repetition away and just kind of being more efficient but when we think about sort of how our businesses have grown like what would you say is the like the biggest thing that's kind of like pushed you forward, because a lot of people feel a bit fatigued from like showing up on social all the time, and yeah. a bit like this online visibility is like too much, especially because we're on Zoom twenty four seven. What do you think has contributed to your growth? The the, the 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 actions that have
2: impact. It is connecting, collaborating, partnering with the right people, mm. and I I'm just I'm in and out of like social media fatigue right now. Um, and so, like, there'd be some weeks where I like show up and I'm doing reels and I'm like, doing all this stuff and I feel great, but then after a while, it's just like, ugh, like I just don't have sometimes the emotional strength to deal mm-hmm. with the trolls. <laughs> um, yeah, the capacity to to just be showing up there and putting yourself out for yeah. it, you know, it's tough, it, it takes a lot, it takes a mm-hmm. lot to be like, rah, 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 let's do this. Yeah. And I believe it is just as important to step mm-hmm. back and take a pause and. Mm-hmm maybe turn it. Like I deleted TikTok off my phone a few days ago because I found it very distracting. Yes. I don't, like, I could just, I don't have the discipline to not look. I see the red <laughs> dot and I'm like, you know what? No. So it's, it's about that. Like, yeah. So to answer your question, the, it's just, you have to be okay with the not checking things all the time and not showing up and just knowing that, things will transpire. But for Mm. me, it was the partnerships. It was connecting with the right people and like intentionally, but also unintentionally trying to find these people. And Mm. like the more you expand your network in terms of like the relevant people that have the same sort of values as you, then the faster you can grow. So I don't know a single business that hasn't grown without their network. And if at the end of the day, there's the only thing that I could keep from my business, it'd be the people that I've connected with.
1: Yeah, the community and the collaboration. And I, I see this. I mean, you know, all day uh, we're teaching people how to use digital marketing and social media, but we're not saying you've got to be there on 24-7. I mean, I think nowadays it's about working smarter, not harder. And, like, you know, on LinkedIn, one of my fave networks, I- I'm spending like 10 minutes a day, but I'm getting huge impact in terms of the partnerships you talk about and community. I don't think you have to be there all the time. And I think um, Amanda's just said social fatigue is a real thing. It totally is. But I think for me, social is an element that if we use it correctly, and as you say, you're building these partnerships, do you think um, your podcast has has helped with these partnerships? Because for me, it's changed the the whole way that I meet people.
2: Yeah, it definitely contributed. Um, So obviously as I have, like big ticket clients. So I asked them, where did you hear about me? Some of them will say, Oh, and I found out you on Instagram. And then I started listening to your podcast and I realized, oh, she knows what she's talking about and I want to work with her. Um, and it's gone the other way around as well. I felt like with the podcast, it's helped me to establish a sense of authority in the space, like thought leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And just like having incredible guests on my show and connecting with them. It's mm. absolutely helped. And I'm only one year into podcasting, too. So it's kind of new for me.
1: Same as me. Same as me.
0: Okay.
1: I, <laughs> I started mine in July 2020. I, it'd been on my to-do list for like three years and um, <laughs> I lockdown. I wasn't going anywhere. So I thought, hey, why not start a podcast? Yeah. Um, <laughs> But do you know what, for me, as I'm talking to people, as I'm sharing my message, it definitely helps in terms of being able to, to express um, what you stand for, your kind of mission and vision. And, and people build this real relationship with you, because for me, I've been very much behind corporate brands um, for our academy. And um I think it's helped share a lot of my own personal life experiences. Um, One of the life experiences we were just chatting about for you uh, before we come online was how you met your
2: husband. So we (laughs) got into that. So I need you to share this with me. (laughs) Right. So we met. Well, my story is different than his. (laughs) Um, We met on Twitter. But what's interesting about it is. So I used to live in Toronto and he lived in San Francisco and I saw that he was coming to town to speak at a conference that I was attending. And so I just connected on Twitter. Um, And this was like the very early days of Twitter where there was not a lot of people. And so whenever you would like open up Twitter, it wasn't just a bunch of content because there wasn't that many people online. Um, And I just said, Hey, I would love to pick your brain when you're in town. So like Twitter turned into a couple emails And like, I was already seeing somebody else. So I just, there was no intention there. But then by the time he ended up coming to town two months later, um, I was single and we just, we just met and it's been a lovely experience ever since. So it's been like 11 years You really have lived the social media collaboration thing there, haven't you really? Oh yeah. I I was like social media influencer in Toronto. I got like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Free virgin air tickets to like San Francisco. Um, yeah, I don't know. They don't do that stuff anymore. But yeah, I mean, at the time, social media was pretty much just like Twitter and Facebook. <laughs>
1: I think one of the things that I'm hearing so much is that as we're coming out of um, obviously the pandemic, fingers crossed, um, people are a bit kind of um, uneasy. And I think there's an anxiety around business and and what people should be doing, because we were almost in a little bit of a pause. Um, For me, I feel like I've just worked all the way through full speed ahead. But some businesses have kind of had to wait. They've been working on the businesses behind the scenes. But people like don't know what's next. What advice would you give to entrepreneurs that are just kind of like in that stuck, overwhelm, like, I don't know what to do next, like prioritizing?
2: Yeah, I always say, people are often stuck, because they have too many ideas. So most businesses die from constipation and not starvation, right? They're constipated with ideas, which overwhelms them, which doesn't allow them to focus. And Mm -hmm. so I always say, step back, look at the things that you do that actually drive your business forward. So they move the needle. Revenue generating activities. Yeah. Um, if it means that you're on Pinterest and LinkedIn and Twitter and YouTube and TikTok and, re- like, and you realize, oh, Pinterest and TikTok aren't really doing anything for you, but you're wasting all this time there, then why do it? Why be there? Yeah. Um, if it's going to make you feel better, then and if it's not moving the needle, it's actually not going to help you in the future. Um, and so I always say the best business are the most simple they have a very simple system. They have simple channels. And here's the thing too, is they put the time in to these specific channels for an extended period of time. I'm not talking two weeks or three months. It's even like a year. What yeah. can you do for a year, one thing or two things that'll help you drive your business forward? And your favorite simplifying. Channel- Pardon? What's your favorite channel of choice at the moment then? It's Twitter, I went just heard at Twitter uh Instagram Instagram has been mm-hmm. super helpful in helping me like connect with new prospective clients and just kind of seeing what's going on and I mean the algorithm is serving me well right now because um we're in the process of renovating for a new house, and so my feed is pretty much like. People that are in business, friends, and a bunch of really great furniture. (laughs) So (laughs) it's like, it's positive. Um, But yeah, no, Instagram works and Mm. my podcast works. But really the big thing is just like, it's networking. Like Mm. it's just knowing the right people in the right places. Um, And yeah, it's been super helpful.
1: Yeah, I think so. See, for me, I've always been um, on LinkedIn and I know loads of people are kind of not fans of LinkedIn because it's always been the network where it's a bit more clunky to use and people kind of not really knowing what to do. But I mean, I've been using it since like 2002. right right. so it's taken me a while to get to where I am and you know my my mission is to kind of get to that hundred thousand you know followers and I'm like at 30,000 direct connections about the same as followers at the moment so I've got a way to go but I think it's it's showing up consistently, but it's showing up in a, a way that suits you. And I think this is a big thing. And I think that mm-hmm. like you said it before about the social fatigue. You know, not every day do I feel like showing up on social media, and I don't. I <laughs> I show up when I feel like I can give. um And that I think people need to understand that you don't have to be constantly on it, on it, on it. But it, what you have to do is, I suppose, think about what's valuable and and what quality over quantity i guess mm-hmm. if um if someone said right okay they're mm-hmm. maybe you know any stage of their business right now what resources have you been using or would you recommend for entrepreneurs who are you know kind of at any stage right now
2: in terms of like social media or well, just in general like
1: books, podcasts, anything that you feel like has um
2: helped you or you think would yeah. be useful for entrepreneurs right now Okay, so Books Love the Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Um, And why this book particularly, and it took me forever to pick it up, is because it really teaches you about your limiting beliefs. Everybody has them. Um, Everybody functions in their own zone of genius. So he classifies four zones, zone of incompetence, competence, excellence, and genius. And when you're working in your zone of genius, you are really focused on the task at hand. And it's like time flies, you're in flow like things could be happening around you. You don't even know. Um, and so if you're an entrepreneur, obviously there's a lot of things you have to do in your business that you don't want to do like bookkeeping and all this stuff. But when you have more time dedicated to your zone of genius, then Mm. you're not only happier, but you're actually moving the needle, driving your business forward. Um, so definitely that, um, I have so many favorite podcasts, so I can't recommend just one. It depends on what I need. So there's like marketing podcasts that I love. There's just like generic podcasts. If I'm out for a walk, I'm like, obviously, you obviously want to listen to Oprah and who she's interviewing. Um, it's just it, when people ask me, what's your favorite book? What's your favorite business book? Or what book are you reading now? I always have three books on the go. Mm. Always. I have one for parenting. I have one for business and then a general like motivational type book because what so my rule is 10 pages a day I have to read 10 pages a day if I'm like I usually read them before bed If it's at the end of the day and I was like had a really tough parenting day then I'm going to grab that parenting book and I'm going to make sure I'm getting the information I need for that situation and like hey if my parenting's on check this week then maybe it's the business book that I'm grabbing yeah but I always say don't connect or don't like listen to the podcast or read the books just because everyone else is reading them right now grab what's important to you in this moment to help you yeah and, and I feel I, like I've it's only it's
1: ever read magazine, right doesn't matter it's, it's whatever is helping your mindset and your your headspace you know I don't think we all have to be in the kind of uber professional learning mode all the time do we sometimes no. you, say you want to be listening to you know a little bit of a chat show kind of thing and it's different things isn't it I think for different moods and um some people listen to podcasts as they work I listen to music non-stop and um, yeah you're missing out but I can't have someone talking to me all the time well I'm trying to think, to think. So, cause 'cause I'm like lost track and I (laughs) have
2: moved on. And I agree. And I have a good rule for this. It's the, um, the 80, 20 rule. So you should be written consuming content 20% of the time but 80% of the time applying what you learn. Mm -hmm. So I have friends and people that are perpetual students of life. I'm like, this is great. We should always be learning, but there's also other side of this called application, which is equally just as important, if not more important. Um, people just give up too soon. They put something in, like, two weeks in, I'm done, it's not working. It's like, no. Like, they say the last mile is never crowded because most people aren't willing to go that last mile. Exactly.
1: And this is it. And, And the thing is, is, like, all the things you're saying is, like, totally rings true to I think a lot of people's mindset now like you don't have to show up when you don't want to show up you have to do what's important to your business and 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 obviously implementing things and and also taking that creativity and headspace so I talk a lot about uh, marketing motivation and mindset you know marketing is great but without having that motivation and the mindset what advice would you give um, about delegating because you said about obviously Mm -hmm being in this genius zone how do people let go because like for them the business is their baby and sometimes it's quite difficult to to let go of things
2: so the easiest way to do it is just create your SOPs from the day one so your standard operating procedures um so a lot of my coaching clients like but I don't even have a team why would I need that as like but you're gonna have a team someday and it makes it heck of a lot easier for you to train people if you have everything documented and I just use Google Docs and Google Spreadsheets for this. So I have my spreadsheet is kind of like the table of contents for my SOPs. And you can go and you click on a, a Google Doc that brings you to, you know, what's the social media um, or is a podcast publishing, you know, a document teaches people how yeah. to publish a podcast for me. Um, and so start by doing that. And then when you look at all of the tasks that you do in the day that you shouldn't be doing, then you start creating the, just the job description for that particular role. And Mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur, I always say you should always outsource legal and accounting from day one. Like I pay, I don't know, $400 a month to my bookkeeper. And I, sometimes she's doing a lot of work. Sometimes she's not But come the end of the year when it comes to like preparing for taxes, I don't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. And I know how much it's going to cost. I already paid it through the year. Right, It's like, oh, it might be expensive this month, especially if you're first starting out. But eventually, it gets to the point where things are so systematized. You know how much taxes you're going to have to pay. You know when things are due because you've already outsourced that. You don't have to worry about it. And it's with somebody who probably knows bookkeeping a heck of a lot more than you do. (laughs) So there's less likelihood that you'll make a mistake. Mm -hmm. So um, I say it really depends on the task, but communication is the most important thing. It's like, here's the task at hand, but here's my expectations for what I want in this role. And I always say, start with the test case. Whenever I've hired an employee, we did a one month test project. I paid them. So they acted like a freelancer just Mm -hmm. to see, and like one month to some people is not long enough, um, but just to see their capacity and capability to do the work with minimal instruction. It's kind of like, can they read the play? And if they can, then we hire them. And most people, it's not so much their credentials that we look for so this is all to do with freelancers too or outsourcing or hiring it's it's their ability to to read the play and it's their coachability Mm. like I don't care if you've never done social media before but if it's going to take you only like a few hours to figure it out and you're going to crush it I'll take that chance
1: yeah exactly and I think this is it I mean uh, especially in the digital marketing space we see so many people who have not had experience to get into digital roles. So, you know, someone's got to give them the first chance somewhere. And often the people who have never done it before, they've not got any bad habits. So they're they're doing things and and they're they're immersing themselves in your world and starting fresh. So it can often be the best thing, can't it? You know, in in terms of finding somebody who's maybe newer to it and maybe hasn't got the same experience. So, yeah, do you think... um, you know, when you meet someone, do you go with your gut a lot?
2: Oh yeah, I I, it, I, I have stories about not going with my gut, but I'm, mm-hmm. like this particular applicant or somebody looked good on paper, or and but my gut was like no no no, and I've had nightmare situations because of it. But hundred yeah. percent go with the gut, and I mean a woman's intuition too. We just know, right? But there's I mean there's a process. So like you got to get through the initial filter. Like we just finished hiring a full time nanny. And we have this whole recruiting filter, but the decision-making factor comes down to what does my gut say about this person? And it might be like, oh, well, she needs, she's a great fit, like values-wise, but she needs to be trained here. Then if her only deficit is the fact that she doesn't know how to, you know, grocery shop or scrub a toilet, it's like, I'll take that chance, (laughs) right? I can teach her that. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) Some skills are transferable, and some things, you know, it's just like, yeah, it's choosing the important things. And I think one of the points you made earlier, I just want to touch upon because I think it's so important, is this simplicity. So a lot of people, obviously, will be thinking about how can I diversify, and we heard all this like, like pivot, change your business, add more, you know, items, you know, change the the changing needs of consumers, obviously, with you know the pandemic. But actually, we've been doing the opposite. We've been kind of like scaling everything back, simplifying it down if somebody is kind of in that position where it's a bit like the runaway train, you know, they, they've kind of got all this, uh, and they, they don't really know kind of how to bring it all back in. What's your advice to kind of simplifying
2: and and bringing that clarity back to the business? It's baby steps Hmm. because like that, that's, that's the only thing that is sustainable is I know like people are like, Oh, I want to lose 20 pounds by the summer. So I'm just only going to drink water for 50 days. I'm like, (laughs) Yeah. Good luck. It's like, just scale back a little bit and a little bit and a little bit. And like a perfect example is like me and Pinterest. I had hired a lady last year because she was convinced. She convinced me on Pinterest being this big conversion tool. And I was like, well, show me then prove it to me. And it didn't end up being the thing, right? It ended up being Instagram and my podcast. So (laughs) It's just about looking at all the tasks at hand, all of these things, looking at your calendar and being like, okay, what isn't necessary today? Mm -hmm. Are you doing this because you feel bad? Are you jumping on an interview at like 6 a.m.? Hello, 6 a.m. My time. Because it's something you want to do? Or is it because you feel obligated to do it? Like the Mm -hmm. obligation means you're not going to show up in the energy in the state that the the host or the guest is expecting. Yeah. Um, and, and just look at like, I always say, look at the signals too. Like look at the signals is, is something or someone giving you a sign that you need to slow down or stop doing this thing or pause it. So there's the, the Eisenhower matrix of delegate, delay, do, or delete. Mm-hmm. So just know your priorities and you know, them like your, your is like, Oh my God, I mean, Renee, you're so right. I should probably start a podcast. Um, you know, that's just an example, but you know, and, you, and then you also have to ask yourself, what's stopping you from doing that thing? Or what's stopping you from not stopping doing that thing? Like, what are your limiting beliefs? So food for thought. It is. And you know
1: why? Every day I'm still doing that, you know, and um, I've been in business 20 years. Like, you know, you, you started at 17, I started at 21. I'm still doing this every single day. I'm still thinking like, sometimes I look at my diary and I used a lot of time blocking and I only do calls and things on a Thursday, but sometimes it just kind of starts filling up again and you just have to kind of rein it all back in and start thinking like, why am I doing this? You know, because Sometimes if like you you like giving your time and energy to people, you do kind of get roped into it and you start kind of, you know, moving forward maybe in things that are not impacting positively in your business. But um, do you think that you just get kind of slightly quicker at seeing it or, cause I, I mean, for me, it's something that I am always trying to delegate things and I'm trying to look at my, my sort of working day what what would you say has been like your turning point of kind of where's where do you feel now in terms of balance like do you feel like you've kind of got it there or no
2: <laughs> I don't, no. no I but there's there's so much opportunity like I get pitched a lot so the funny thing is being in PR and coaching on PR is yeah. how much I teach about how to pitch and build those connections but I also receive a lot of pitches for people Mm. to be on my show to contribute to the blog to be Mm. a collaborator partner um and before i used to be like yes say yes 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 to everything right Mm. so my husband's like when i first started public speaking he goes just say yes to every opportunity to go out there and start practicing and then eventually start charging for it Mm. and like even Mm. rachel hollis said at one point she's like just say yes to everything go out there and then just like you know get the rust off and get better at your craft Mm. but there does come a point When you have to start saying no. And then no feeling again from intuition is when you're like, I just, I don't know, like, what's in it for me? Mm -hmm. And I think it's okay to ask yourself that. I know a lot of women are like, no, no, I have to be everything to everybody. But if you're not protecting your time, then -hmm. you're going to burn out. And a lot of clients for me, they say, well, I have FOMO. What happens if this interview with Dawn is going to be like the bee's knees for my business? And all of a sudden, I'm going to be making like $2 million <laughs> because I show. I'm like, well, Dawn, I really hope this happens. But well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's like, is it because it's something you know you want to do and need to do, or do you feel obligated to do it? And yeah. the best word to use to say no to somebody is a simple I don't have the capacity for this at the moment. Yeah. I've used that all the time. People don't take it personally, but I'm going you know, to use it this week. I have three things that I feel I'm going to apply that to. This
1: is my new words. My new words are going to be out there. Yes, I mean, just so you just don't have be, a capacity for it. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you feel overwhelmed by it, and it and it's triggering you, or you're, or you're having a sleepless night or something, yeah, just delay people you get this a lot with um you know if you show interest some you know someone pitches you about something and you kind of go oh that's interesting you know like uh you know using tiktok or uh, social media some new tool or, or fancy software and then as soon as you show interest you feel like you've made that commitment and i think a lot of um clients that come to me they'll go well you know i feel like i just need to kind of get that meeting in well why do you have to get that meeting in it it should be on your time and you know it's it, we need to keep remembering that i think and it's weird because the what most downloaded episode I ever did was do what you want, not what you need. Mm. And I, I think we always think that we need to be doing things and not always is that the case. Cause we, we see, as you say, with clients, like you get FOMO, you see people on social media, you think, well, they're there in their journey and they're doing this. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think in terms of this, is the, the question I struggle with all the time in terms of if people say, Oh, you know, you've been really successful. Right. And this is something I really struggle with. As soon as they say it, I, I can feel myself recoiling and just brushing it off. Yeah. I, what, what do you feel when people say that to you in terms of, you know,
2: what is your mm-hmm. success? What do you see that as? It's self-defined because mm-hmm. success to one woman, for example, might be having five children and yeah, being exactly. a stay-at-home mom. And that is what her calling is. And she's so good at it. That's not yeah. me. Right. Mm-hmm. And she might look at me and be like, oh, I could never do that. And that's all right. Yeah. Um, success is self-defined. So for me, success is having a healthy mind and body, a healthy relationship with my family and a mm-hmm. business that's purposeful. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, people are like, oh, you're so successful or you're such a power couple. And I'm like, well, thank yeah. you. So when they say that, it means that you're doing something or you're showing something online that they eventually want to achieve. Right. Yeah. So to say to, it's like probably one of the greatest compliments mm. because I might look at, you might look at somebody like Bill Gates <laughs> and be like, Oh, he's so successful. <laughs> right. And then, but then as of late, like him and, and Melinda are, are divorcing. It's like, yeah. but to so some he's people are very successful right now. No, exactly right so we have these ebbs and flows um and it's just it's never a perfect moment right it's never it's never perfect moments throughout our life but to i'd say it's the biggest compliment mm. and someone asks, says why are you or you're successful like how do i do this um i think if especially if you're like kind of taken aback by it or mm. like you and i are like oh really like you have imposter syndrome is to ask them, wow, like, what about what you're seeing thinks makes you think I'm successful? Yeah.
1: Which part of my life is it that you're looking at or seeing online? Because this is it. I think, um, in entrepreneurialism I, I think there's a lot of focus on online because that's what we're seeing of people's lives so that's just like one percent probably of what we're, we're doing and, and, and what we're coping with we could be having a life drama over here and still be like getting a top five percent top one percent ranking podcast you know to I me mean? yes. so it's all So to me so it's like where are we are so I always say to people that for me it's like I've not quite understood what success is is but I understand when I'm successful in something Mm -hmm. but I think it's like a moving journey because entrepreneurialism I think is sometimes we've put too much on a goal whereas actually the journey is the thing like you know being successful is like starting a business from nothing you know like actually Mm -hmm. that's good you know so when people start off I don't think they sometimes recognize the stages of success enough Mm -hmm. And I certainly didn't when I started because I kind of Got caught up in, you know, like growing my business, getting like a team and things like that. And I think I washed past a lot of the things that I'd achieved and it was very much on a process, you know, like mm-hmm. tick it off, tick it off, tick it off. Yep. So now I, I feel like I try to embrace more. Of my day-to-day and you know like if i managed to do all the things in my diary and actually have a nice one hour lunch and a walk that was pretty successful so i'm just kind of breaking mine down more into increments i think now as i get older at the grand old age of 42 seems a long time since i started my business at 21. (laughs) you know it's 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 a moving game isn't it and like you know what what have you got um lined up sort of like 2021, what are your, your big goals? You've got? Oh,
2: well, so every December, my husband and I go away and we have a quarterly, uh, so our we do a quarterly couples retreat every quarter, mm. but December is the biggest one where we take the entire year and we look at the big events coming up. So in a normal year, no COVID, it's kind of like my husband has three big events a year. I like to attend two big personal development events. We kind of put it in the calendar to see mm. where things line up. Um, but this year has been really interesting. We just kind of decided to move across our country. So from the East Coast to the West Coast, yeah. and that just transpired rather quickly. So that that was a big change of plans. So if I look back at what I created in December, it's like this isn't what's really happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but my big goal was to keep growing my podcast to get at least a hundred episodes. So yeah yeah, and then just being like just creating roots here on the West Coast and making sure my kids are are happy and healthy um, mm-hmm. while growing my business. but i turn I turned forty this year, and I want to be the most fit version of myself, too.
0: So mm-hmm. I want to be like the strongest
2: I've ever been. And so, I mean, we're getting close to being halfway through the year. I got a lot of work to do. <laughs> of <course you> then? <laughs> Lots of work to do. Um, but, you know, saying, and actually wrote a post on entrepreneur.com that went live a few days ago about how the process and systems is more important than the goal. Because it's easy to mm. say, oh, I want to be the fittest version of myself you know, when I'm 40. But yeah. what does that mean?
0: That yeah, means like, for me, yeah.
2: going to CrossFit four times a week at least. So that's four hours of my week plus travel time plus like shower time. So at mm-hmm. the end of the day, it's a lot of time. So yeah, some yeah. people will say, I want to publish a book that's great. And I've published a book before and you, you have yeah. but the journey writing 400 pages, right? It's like, what does that mean? It means you're writing, you know, three, four, five pages a day, every single day. So people don't break down their goals. So when I work with, with clients, um, I ask them the revenue goals for five years. Every single woman says I want to make a million dollars. And I go, do you even know what that means? Yeah. That's 83 point that's 83 plus thousand dollars a month. And that yep. means it's like $20,000 a week. And they're like, oh, whoa, I've never broken it down like that. I'm like, so what does that mean to you? Yeah. Goal is Everybody nice to have, has. right? It's like, it's motivation, it's inspiration, it's hope. But if you're just putting something out there for the sake of putting something out there, you've already failed. Hmm. Like, why is this significant to you? For me, it's just like, because 40 is such a significant year because it's kind of like your last decade of being young.
1: Yeah. Right. It's
2: like 50. I'm like, Whoa, I know, right. It's like, okay. But for me, I just want to prove to myself that I can do this Mm -hmm. and realizing it's hard. It sucks. Um, but you have to be able to do the hard things and not a lot of stuff. And like, even looking at your day to day. So like most people are given like eight hours a day to get work done. Doesn't Mm -hmm. mean you have to work eight hours a day the average employee only has like less than three hours of productive work time in a day.
0: Yeah,
2: And what, like, look at that, look at that as a signal. Like does eight hours make sense, especially if we're creatives in what we do, like to sitting here doing work for eight hours, actually move the needle, or maybe it's two hours of super creative brainstorming work. And you're literally going for a walk for inspiration because just like a muscle in order for it to grow, you need to work it out but you also Mm -hmm. need the rest. The rest and repair is actually what makes the muscle stronger. It's not just going to the gym, right? Like your 30 minutes to an hour at the gym tears the muscle in which you need to go home and let it rest to repair. So Mm -hmm. the same is for business and life is like, you need that rest. You need the recovery because if your body and mind aren't good, then you can't serve anybody. Mm. It's about breaking it down, isn't
1: it? It's these increments and it just brings it back to what you said in the beginning. It's this, Small steps, small steady steps out each day. It's like me saying, you know, I want to get to this 100,000, you know, direct connections on LinkedIn. That's not just going to happen overnight. I have to break it down into how many people I need to be connected to each day, you know. And if I'm not doing actions that are moving me towards those, I'm never going to achieve it. So, um, I think the other thing is, is I met someone the other day who had 26 goals that they they were working on. I mean, that is just overwhelming. I work on three. I'm at yeah. all about the rule of three. <laughs> I don't good. go past three. My brain capacity doesn't go past it. And um, I have three different things. And um, they are kind of like marketing, motivation and mindset. So they, I have a goal in each. And, you know, I, each day I'm kind of working towards. And let's be honest, some days I won't won't you know make that mark you know and life balance does get in the way but the next day I can move it forward a little bit so Mm. what would you say in terms of um If obviously entrepreneurs at the moment are kind of growing the business, et cetera, what are you seeing for the the changes that we're going to be working in? Because at the moment I'm launching um, some new programs in my personal brand and people are saying, well, you know, do do you think that that's a good idea? Kind of launching into like a whole new business. I mean, for me, I just see it as an exciting opportunity. Where do you see the pandemic impacting on people?
2: You know, I think... I mean, okay, we'll, we'll put the obvious aside, the death, the illness, yeah. um, and economies and people losing their jobs. To so put that aside is there's been so many more women starting their business, some of them out of a need, but some yeah. of them are like, I hated my job for so long and now I can actually do something I love to do. So mm-hmm. there's definitely going to be more e-commerce. Um, but you know, it's a red ocean out there now. So mm-hmm. it's, The most important thing in all of this, like before it's like, you could launch a lingerie line 10 years ago. And if you did a good job and you had good quality products, you could do very well. But now Mm -hmm. it just seems like everyone and their mother are launching a new underwear line. Yes, Um, Right. So what is needed is like, where's the innovation in everything, Mm -hmm. right? Innovation is the most important thing. Yes. I'm a business coach. There's millions of business coaches. Coaches out there, but what is the innovative thing that I do? It's my process, it's my program, but also coming from a place of experience. So, like running a multi-million-dollar agency and hiring employees all over the world, it's like people come to me now for that advice. Um, yeah. So, hands down, is how are you doing this differently? But not only that is like how is doing this differently actually serving your ideal customer. Hmm. Because like we can just throw so much innovation at the wall and see what sticks, but it's like, are you actually solving a problem?
1: Yeah, it's like it's just really understanding, isn't it, what what the needs and wants are right now? Because what it was a year ago, what it was eighteen months ago, is completely different to maybe what your clients actually need right now. And I think it's a case of, as you say, having that process, having that kind of success path or whatever you call it, and and understanding kind of how that's going to push someone on, and and also for them to understand that. I think people's investments. They people want authenticity, as you say. That someone who's walked the walk, talked the talk. You know, yep. been there, done it, and and who is actually going to share like some hardship? Like you know, if, I think on online you go on sometimes and you think, oh wow, you know, haven't they done well? And you just see someone moving, and and there's a bit of a resentment or fame, as you say, that you know that can happen. But you've yep. got to remember um, that. Everybody started somewhere. Like, I remember starting LinkedIn. You know, one person connected. <laughs> it's, it's all relative, isn't it? And um, yeah, you know, we're all different ages and stages. So, what would be one final piece of advice for our lovely listeners? Um, oh, that I have many. I just
2: Feel like we could talk forever. We could be on forever. Okay, we have to let you get on with your day. <laughs> right, right. Well, my day just begun. Um, so I always say this: consistency is your currency. And I've alluded this to this throughout this interview, but what I mean by this is like pick a thing or two, like your three tasks, your three goals for the day, but you're consistently showing up for that. Like you're growing LinkedIn. It's not like all of a sudden, boom, one day, a hundred thousand. It's like exactly. the consistency. So like I coach on PR, the only way to win in PR is the consistency. It's mm-hmm. one step at a time because you might pitch literally 90 contacts before someone's like totally would love the media kit. Send it over. We'll do a feature yeah. 90. Everyone gives up after 50. They're like, Renee, this sucks, you don't know what you're doing. I'm not getting any media wins. I'm like, just keep at it. Just yeah. keep at it. Just keep pushing. It's the consistency in everything you do. Mm-hmm. And if you can think of it and write it down, write that on a post-it note, put it somewhere You have to keep showing up. So yet one person you connected with on LinkedIn, you might do a Facebook live and one person is watching. Well, guess what? You might change that one person's life Mm -hmm. or that one person could be this woman named Erica who has an email list of 100,000 people and now wants to partner with you and sending one email could result in $250,000 of revenue. You don't know isn't it? It's crazy
1: that these different things, it's a bit. it's like sliding doors, isn't it? Kind of thing. This one relationship could be game changer. And this is why yes. I think for me, community and, and making that connection um, with people is so much more valuable. And especially on LinkedIn and, and channels, People often connect because they think about, are they going to buy from me? You know, you're connecting in a community because the the power of this connectivity could introduce you to someone else. I sometimes get people introducing or referring people, and I've never worked with that person because they're connected. They've been in my network for five, 10 years. They'll refer. So it's powerful, isn't it, in terms
2: of thinking of it in that way? The know, like, and trust factor, which I think is how you and I connected because Shaw was on my show. Yeah. So and then it's Shaw like, on my show. Right. And there's the point of connection. It's yeah. like, okay, so the filter's strong because Shaw obviously knows us and yeah. knows that we're good people. So she's comfortable coming on our show. So then you see that as a positive filter because you respect Shaw. Mm-hmm. And so are like, okay, well, if Shaw's on her show, that means that she's got to be somebody that's worth chatting with. Exactly. So, and then, so that's one person, right? So maybe Shaw is that one person you've connected with and all of a sudden it's opening up these doors of possibility. And the thing is,
1: is then there'll be the next thing, you know, and it's having that relationship. Now We've, we've had a chat. And then the next thing will come up, and it's like a roller coaster kind of thing, and it, it spirals, and you know, it gets legs, doesn't it? And you know, you start thinking, well, with an event or something comes up, and you build a community. And I think the podcast has been a huge, huge uh, change in the way that I've had co- conversations with people that maybe I wouldn't have had prior to the podcast. So I love it for that, and 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 for me, it's been a game changer during the pandemic, been not be able to see people in person, but to connect. And chat
2: like this on the podcast. Exactly. It, that's like when the when the um, pandemic hit last year, I was like, oh, I don't want to take these women's time to interview them. Mm-hmm. So I would email them because I had all of these emails lined up or the interviews lined up. And I was like, we can reschedule. Everyone's like, no, I need this. I need yeah. this conversation with you right now. Mm-hmm. And I would record like three, four, one hour long episodes in a day. And yes, mm-hmm. it's exhausting, but I felt so topped up. Like I just hey, had coffee with the best friend yeah
1: it's but you awesome. you get so much out of it it's like um I think when you're sharing your own message you're almost evolving your message and I think also when you're talking to someone else and and having that connectivity it is it's a powerful thing and it's it's an energy that I think has been positive and much needed and um you know thank you for for appearing and um I'm going to be on your show soon too um Yay! Yay. Um, And for all of our lovely listeners who have been tuning in and either listening or watching the interview, how can they connect with you? What's the best platform for them to come and um, see what you're doing in
2: your world? Uh, Instagram. So Renee underscore Warren. So R-E-N-E underscore W-A-R-R-E-N. Or they can email me if they wanted to. Renee at wewildwomen.com. But yeah, Instagram's probably the best. And again, it's the ups and flows of like, just emotionally have no capacity for it this week so I always slide into my dams but um I might not be posting a lot because I'm just like <laughs> bah. but no it's it's and that's the thing is like show up when you can but it's the consistency I'm always there I'm always like taking messages and connecting with people behind the scenes um but yeah that's where we can connect Oh, well, thank you so much. It has been an absolute pleasure and
1: I can't wait to come on to um, your podcast. I think it's in a couple of months' time. Um, so it'll be Into the Wild. So don't forget to subscribe to Dawn of a New Era and of course, Renee's podcast, Into the Wild too, um, where you will get all things um, of an entrepreneurial nature and a real mix of obviously tips and insights from us both. So thank you and have a super day. And um, yeah, I look forward to um, collaborating and being in your community in the future, Renee. Well,
2: thanks for having me.
0: This was awesome. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to Dawn of a New Era podcast and for your free checklist to find out how to boost your business for growth, profit and success and join our community. Go to dawnmagruer.com.